Lord, I just thank you for Linda. I thank you that you have prepared her in advance for the very works that you have for her to do today. I thank you, Lord, that, that you have laid an anointing on her. Lord, I just ask that that anointing just flow through her, that she is able to speak um, your words, to speak your thoughts, to speak with your love and with, with, uh, with the eyes uh, that you look on us, Lord. I also ask, Lord, that each of us hear with an anointed ear, one that is specifically designed to hear your voice. We are your sheep, and we hear your voice in Jesus' name. Amen. Andrew, thank you so much. It was like you picked the very songs of my heart that you knew what was coming. You'd almost think we have the same Holy Spirit guiding us. <laughs> so he's playing through that first song about being hungry and thirsty. And I'm apologizing to God for not having stayed up last night and prayed in tongues and, and readied this time more. And as I'm apologizing and asking God to forgive that sin, he's saying, 1 John 1, 9, when you confess your sins, I am faithful and just to forgive your sins and cleanse you all right from all righteousness. So that's going out the door from all unrighteousness. Thank you. Um, and that's going out the door. And then I'm thinking, oh, you know, I just wish I had more time. And then Andrew goes into a part where I get to pray in tongues. We're worshiping, and I get to do that, and I could just feel the Lord filling me up because he knew I needed more in me to share. And then he would go on to sing about amazing grace and unfailing love. And that is who God is, the king of glory, the king above all kings, full of forgiveness, full of power, ready to meet us where we're at, giving us time after time to, to fall short and, and repent and come right back into full um, standing as his son and daughter. And then ending with, I stand forgiven, all stains washed away, and, and, a, and a, another line, love and justice meet. We all, my sense as I was out there is that the enemy is stealing from us and he's stealing our confidence, he's stealing our joy in the Lord. And, and part of it is that we aren't seeing his full justice in this world, but we will because God is just. And he is able to bring justice in beyond our knowledge beyond our expectation. So if you're one who's, who's really suffering, really wounded, really seeing the wounded, really loving the wounded and not um, seeing victory, um, I just remind you that Jesus' love and his justice stand. And they, I, when, I, when I look at that, when I look at the wounded, I'm just so grateful that they're going to get rewards beyond what I get because I haven't been wounded like that. And, and I love that God is not, he sees and because he's who he is, his love is just going to bless them. I don't know how it will come or when it will come, but it will come because he's just. So I was really in a place of dryness, and I had no clue. And three weeks ago, Barbara Landsdorf was coming, and we heard the announcements, and I never heard of her, and I wasn't very interested in coming, and I didn't want another evening taken. But Susan Just, who I like and who I respect, invited me. Three times she invited me. And I thought, this is important to her, so I'm going. 
uh, it was probably the best night of the last several years for me. She didn't speak anything new. She exhorted with scripture, but she had us do something. She had us pray in the spirit the whole time she was talking. What a humble thing, you know. She wasn't worried about being heard. She more wanted us to be filled up by praying in the spirit in our prayer language. And I was convicted that it had been a long time since I had done what I did at first, pray three, four hours and have, have it feel like half an hour or 45 minutes. It, now on a good day, 15 minutes of praying in the spirit is pretty good for me. And I thought, oh, I want that again. I want that. I didn't even know how dry I was. But the Lord didn't want me ministering last week at River of God or this week here without being full of him. So I'm grateful that he meets me. And, and um, after I got home and started praying more in the spirit, he gave me the whole download of what was supposed to happen with his service. I was so grateful because that didn't happen last week when I was preaching on the Father's love at River of God. I just had to kind of go as he gave it to me at the time. But this time, well in advance, he told me exactly what to do. He told me to tell you about signs and wonders, to share what the scripture says, and then to tell you about miracle after miracle to build your faith, miracles that Bob and I have either seen or been involved in. We haven't always been the ones who prayed for it because sometimes I was with someone else, I was praying silently, she was praying aloud. Um, anyway, I said, okay, Lord. And then Paul wants us to minister after that. I said, okay. So this next section is full of scripture. It's full of scripture because God talks a lot about signs and wonders accompanying or following those who believe. And way more than I ever heard. I grew up in the denominational church. Um, miracles weren't really talked about. If they were presented, it was something Jesus did long ago. There was no addressing of the scripture that God is the same yesterday, today, or tomorrow. There was no addressing of anyone else doing miracles. Um, there was nothing said about how we're made in his image that we should be walking as he did. Um, Nobody I knew talked about them or uh, what life was like for a born-again, spirit-filled believer. But when I was born again in 1981, I started reading the Bible for myself. And my prayer when I was born again was, God, give me faith, because I had needed everything proved to me, everything. And if, you know, I didn't believe in any of the miracles because I needed it proved to me. And um, when I prayed that prayer at the time, that I asked Christ to be my personal savior after being uh, 30 years in the church and, and never having heard the message, um, God did it. He gave me faith. He, un he took away all my questions, and they've never, ever come back, and I'm so grateful for that. So what does he say about signs and wonders and power? That's what we're going to have you look at right now. And the first scripture is Acts 1, 8a. But you will receive power. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. You can just move right through them. Oh, go ahead to the next one. Yeah. First Corinthians 2, 4 and 5. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on men's wisdom, but on God's 
power. And Acts 10.38, you know how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power and how he went around doing good and hearing and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. The Holy Spirit is power. When he comes on us, that power is in us. The Holy Spirit in you is power. The Holy Spirit in me is power. We minister different when we come from that place. And that's the place we come from. Go on with the Next scripture. Next slide. Romans 15, 17 to 19. Therefore I glory in Christ Jesus in my service to God. I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me in leading the Gentiles to obey God by what I have said and done by the power of signs and miracles through the power of the Spirit. 2 Timothy 1, 7 and 8. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline. So do not be ashamed to testify about our Lord. And Acts 1, 8, the, the remainder of it. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Witnessing and, and testimony is important. I love this next scripture. Listen to um, the reward for giving testimony and testifying, um, sharing your faith. Philemon 1.6, I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith so that you will have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. Wow, a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ comes when we share our testimony of faith. I love that. I claim that promise for me and for each of you. Uh, but let's continue with scripture about signs and wonders. Mark 16, 15, and 17 and 18. He said to them, Go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons, they will speak in new tongues, they will pick up snakes with their hands, and when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people, and they will get well. I'm going to just inject. I love this scripture because this is the scripture I read when it said that believers will speak in new tongues. And I'd never heard about this in the church. I didn't know anything about it, but I, said to, I went out in my backyard and I said to the Lord, you know, I know I'm a believer, but I, I don't speak in tongues. But you say I do, so show me. And I began partnering with God to get that language. And my part was speaking baby talk, nonsense syllables in the backyard. I did that for three weeks. And then all of a sudden, for I don't know what reason, it flowed into a language. But I was just tenacious. I said to the Lord, I feel like a real idiot out here. I feel like a real fool. I feel like I'm doing this all myself. But you said in your word that these signs follow believers, and I'm a believer, and I know it's for me. And he answers. So don't give up if that gift is still coming to you. Just start doing it tenaciously, and he'll make it a language because he sees your heart. John 14, 12. I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father. Hebrews 2, 3, and 4. How shall we escape if we ignore such a great salvation? This salvation, which was first announced by the Lord, was confirmed to us by those who heard him. 
God also testified to it by signs, wonders, and various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. More. Okay. More. <laughs> more. I want more. We just got through singing that, didn't we? <clears throat> Acts 14.3. So Paul and Barnabas spent considerable time there speaking boldly for the Lord, who confirmed the message of his grace by enabling them to do miraculous signs and wonders. And Mark 16.20. And the Lord worked with them, the believers, and confirmed his word by the signs that accompanied it. Acts 8, 6, and 7, and 13. When the crowds heard Philip and saw the miraculous signs he did, they all paid close attention to what he said. With shrieks, evil spirits came out of many, and many paralytics and cripples were healed. Simon himself believed and was baptized, and he followed Philip everywhere, astonished by the great signs and miracles he saw. Acts 19, 11, and 12. God did extraordinary miracles through Paul so that even handkerchiefs and aprons that had touched him were taken to the sick and their illnesses were cured and the evil spirits left them. One more. Still more. <laughs> Acts 5, 12 and 15 and 16. The apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders among the people. As a result, people brought the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and mats so that at least Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as he passed by. And crowds gathered also from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those tormented by the evil spirits, and all of them were healed. Acts 6.8. Now Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power, did great wonders and miraculous signs among the people. This is a lot of scripture. Are you getting a sense that this is an important thing to God? Scripture assures us the truth that signs and wonders follow or accompany those who believe and witness to Christ. Note that signs and wonders follow the preaching of good news, um, not individuals. We're, we're not after them being mine. We're after them making me invisible so God can be seen. Give out the word as you're, as you're praying, as you're teaching, as you're talking to people, and the signs and wonders will just take care of themselves. We were talking earlier in prayer, and Bob said, keep seeking after the giver of gifts, not the gift, not the signs and wonders. So do the word in faith, and God will bring about the signs and wonders. Jesus, the next slide, sent out the, the 12, and he sent out the 72, and he sends us out. And listen to how similar the message is as he does that. In Matthew 10, 8a, he gives them these instructions. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, and drive out demons. In Matthew 10.1, he called his 12 disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out evil spirits and heal every disease and sickness. And in Luke 10.9 and 19, heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God is near you. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions, and to overcome all the power of the enemy, nothing will harm you. And Mark 16, 17. And these signs will accompany those who believe in my name. They will drive out demons, they will speak in new tongues, and they will pick up snakes with their hands. And when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. 
They will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. Some people doubt even when they see miracles. People even doubted Jesus. The Jews doubted Moses after his big miracles. Of course, some people are going to doubt the truth coming through us. Will you let their doubt stop you from praying and believing? John 6, 48, 58, 60, and 66. This is after the loaves and fishes and Jesus walking on the water. I am the bread of life. He who feeds on this bread will live forever. This is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? From this time, many of disciples, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. John 10, 25 to 27. Regarding the unbelief of the Jews about if Jesus was the Christ, Jesus answered, I did tell you, but you did not believe. The miracles I do in the Father's name speak for me, but you do not believe me because you are not my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. And yet Jesus had compassion on those who needed to see miracles to believe. That's, that was me. John twenty twenty seven. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. In John twenty twenty nine, Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. My first miracle was uh, not something that I was part of the prayer team for, but I was with a missions group, and they were praying. Um, some others were praying, and a woman received her sight. And I remember how she reached out to her husband and saw the color that he was wearing and was just so amazed. She's a little village woman about this, this tall and about this wide. And she took a microphone and she spoke to, to her villagers, her, the people who knew her, and said what God had done, how she had been given her sight. Wow. Um, but be expectant. Be expectant that God's going to accompany the preaching of the word with signs and wonders. But be careful that you aren't believing just based on the signs and wonders. Because sometimes God doesn't work by miracles, and you don't want your belief to be based on seeing those. Next one. Matthew 24, 24. For false Christs and false prophets will appear and perform great signs and miracles to deceive even the elect, if that were possible. In 2 Thessalonians 2, 9 and 10, the coming of the lawless one will be in accordance with the work of Satan, displayed in all kinds of counterfeit miracles, signs, and wonders, and in every sort of evil that deceives those who are perishing. They perish because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 19 and 21, do not put out the Spirit's fire. Test everything Hold on to the good. And 1 John 4, 1 to 3, Dear friends, do not believe every spirit or every sign and wonder, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. This is how you can recognize the Spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. So we don't have to be afraid of signs and wonders. The word has already given us the test to prove them true. 
So are you getting the emphasis that God places on this? Now I want to give you some examples. Um, Bob and I have seen some old, some new. They're all around us. They're happening today. All right. So the first one. Um, we've Several of you know about Pastor Dowson. He's a pastor in Busambadia, Uganda. And um, he has been buying up land and been don has been having land donated to him from Muslims, which in itself is a miracle because Muslims do not pass the land on to anyone but other Muslims. But they've been actually selling land to this Christian pastor. But here's the miracle. After he begins planting that land, it has been producing far better than it ever did before and far better than the lands that would be right next to it that are usually protected by witchcraft. Another one. Um, in uh, a small village in Tanzania, we claimed the village, <clears throat> excuse me, with, the, with a lot of the church members there. We went to one end of the village and claimed the village for, for Christ and went to the other end of the village and claimed that the village for Christ so that everything in between it was claimed for Christ. We prayed specifically for several things. One of those things was that we would have more than average rainfall. This village lives in, or this village is in kind of a bowl with the mountains out around it, and the mountains catch all the rain, and the village doesn't get hardly any rain. So we prayed for above average rainfall. It has been about seven or eight months since that time now, and they have received above average rainfall that whole time since that time. Um, oh, next one is you, Raul. Oh, okay, Raul. <laughs> we went down to Uganda, or excuse me, Guatemala, and uh, the one thing that we, um, the one thing that we asked before we went down from the missions organization that we went with was that we wouldn't do door-to-door -door evangelism because we didn't want to do that. Well, can anybody guess what the very first assignment we had was? Yeah, you guessed it, door-to-door -door evangelism. And, and we were kind of cowed by this, but the guy that took us out, his name was Raul. I'll never forget that. He walked up to a, one of the first places that we went, and um, we you know, kind of haltingly tried to tell the woman why we were there and that we were showing a, a film in the, in the plaza and would she like to come. And she pretty much was you know, noncommittal, and she was polite, but she was kind of closing the door on us. And Raul stepped forward, and he said, I was just wondering how your husband is doing in California. And she, her eyes got about this big. We, I mean, he'd never been there before. He didn't know these people, but he'd been given a word of knowledge. And she said, how did, how did you know my husband's in California? He says, well, I know he's there and, and that he's studying at a university and, and that he's hoping to be able to bring the family over as well. And she, suddenly she was wide open. She would, she would hear anything that we had to speak. It was, it was just great. Um, wisdom. What's that one for? Wisdom, Bob's salvation. This must be her. Actually, I had changed it, but it didn't get changed on this ah, okay. PowerPoint. Um, when I was a new believer, Bob wasn't one yet. And I, I was so excited about what I was seeing God doing around me. I was so excited every time I read the word, every time I went to a Bible study. I wanted to share everything with him. And he wasn't open to hearing it. 
And the word of wisdom came to me one night after many, many times that I had said to the Lord, can I share something, and gotten a no. I felt like I had been quiet for three years. And that night, I said, can I ask Bob about this? And he said, yes. That was a word of wisdom to me. So that night, I said to Bob, Bob, I wish you would be more open about reading the Bible and who God is. And he said, I am open. (laughs) And so I went to bed that night crying. And the next day, um, we were going to a wedding together. We were riding to Winona. And in the car, Bob said, I thought about what you asked, Linda. And I decided I'm not as open as I thought I would. And I will do anything you want for a week. I will read anything, hear any speaker, go to any church service, anything you want for, I think maybe it was a month, three weeks. Anyway, it was a time. And um, I thought, yay, God's got him. Because I knew Bob, and I knew how thorough he was, and I knew if he gave God a chance to speak to him, he would speak to him. And sure enough, he was going up to my sister's, and my sister loaded him up with tapes, and he came home and he listened to a speaker who did the same job Bob does as a consultant, speaking well, and he heard the, the message that God wanted him, and he became a believer. And I tell you, acting on that timing saved me from going through so many other times of asking when he wouldn't have been ready to receive. And Linda also told you about her tongues story. I see it up there now. Oh, good. Now now we've got the correct thing up there. Um, Again, this was in Guatemala. This was with a large team of people, um, many of whom moved in all the gifts. We were from a church that never even heard of those gifts, much less moved in them. And um, we were in this tiny little church. It wasn't even as big as this this place, but it was crammed. I mean, I mean, literally back to stomach with people, just like that. And um, the uh, interpreter said that that the the team, the United States team, was was going to be praying for for all the um, Guatemalan people. And so I thought, how do we do that? There's one interpreter, and I don't speak any Spanish, or I didn't at the time. And but I thought, well. I don't know what to do. And there was this man standing right in front of me with his back to me. That's how crowded it was. He couldn't even, he couldn't even turn around so that I could face him to pray for him. And I placed my hands on his shoulders and I thought, I have no idea what I'm doing and what to do. And I remembered that before I went on the missions trip, I had promised God that I would do whatever he told me to do. And the scripture came to mind that when you do not know what to pray, you can pray in the spirit with words that... Um, with, with groans that words can't express. And I thought, I'm not into this whole tongues thing, man. I'm not, I'm not. And I thought, ah, I promised. And so just like Linda, I started just saying some, what I thought were just nonsense syllables. And to my mind, they were nonsense. And I just haltingly said, Galampadaso Shamadibalapova with my hands on this guy's shoulder. And he started sobbing. I mean, I could feel him just sobbing under my shoulder, or under my hands, excuse me. And I was just amazed. I knew I, I mean, I knew I didn't communicate anything to him in English or Spanish, so I had no idea what was going on. Well, praying went on, etc. At the end of this process, everybody finally sat down, and our interpreter said, "Okay, we're finally going to ask the pastor now to come up here and speak. And who should get up and speak? But that man that I had prayed for." And of course, I'm shrinking down in the back row, kind of covering my eyes like this. 
And he got up and he just thanked everybody and he said, I especially want to thank the brother who prayed for me and prayed exactly what was in my heart. That's the miracle of tongues. I get to share financial miracles. Bob and I have lots of good stories, but I'm sharing two of my girlfriends um, that I traveled with to Africa and, and China because hers are even more miraculous. The first time, she and her husband were driving along, and she was told to turn into a parking lot and park in a certain position in the parking lot. So they did that. And no one was in the parking lot. No one was around. And they thought, well, you know, he must be going to bring someone who needs us to witness or pray for them. And they kept their eyes out. And eventually they looked up. And they had been talking about their need for finances. And there in the tree were $200 bills. So they took the $200 bills that the Lord had provided. <laughs> the other miracle that I want to share that was a financial miracle also happened to them. And they were talking about how to pray. They were living in the Twin Cities at that time. They hadn't yet moved to Guatemala, and they were talking about how they were going to pay their electricity. And um, as they were driving down the freeway, a $20 bill blew into the car. And um, that used to cover electricity <laughs> back in those days. <laughs> so why miracles? Because they are so irrefutably God, so clear that it's not the person. Um, they are about all about who God is. They reveal his nature, his compassion, his power, his faithfulness, his encouragement, his desire to reward you, his goodness. They build the kingdom of God by exposing sin and bringing people to a decision. When you see a miracle, you have to decide if you're going to believe God. Um, they serve as reminders for future generations of what God has done for us. Over and over through the Bible, he says, put a rock there, build an altar there, remember what I've done. They reveal God's glory. Oh, it's wonderful to see his glory revealed. And they cause people to give that glory, to give glory and thanksgiving and praise back to God, which is his so rightful thing. It unifies the generations. The scripture says people tell one generation and another generation. And it's not always the old people telling the young people. Sometimes it's the young people, especially today, telling the old people. It affirms who Jesus is. These miracles shouldn't be calling attention to a particular ministry, to a particular person. They should affirm that Jesus is Lord over everything. They help people hear from God. And they validate the identity of both the Son of God and our identity as believers. I remember being in China. We were ministering to, uh, well, we were being in, in, introduced to a man who, who had access to hundreds of underground churches. And we were sitting there um, introducing ourselves to this man, hoping that he would connect us with all these churches so we could minister. And we, I could see that my partner who was doing the speaking wasn't being listened to, that she was just, for some reason or other, just being dissed. And all of a sudden, I had a weariness, just a weariness beyond anything. I, I could hardly sit there. I wanted to just lay down. And I, I just whispered to her, ask the pastor if he's weary. And she did. That was a word of knowledge. And um, it opened up all those churches to us because... The Lord authenticated her with that. Um, so, 
Now, this is supposed to be a healing service, and I wanted to give you some healing miracles. I'm going to start with overseas hearing miracles, and they happen to real people, so each one has a picture. They're not always great pictures, but they're something. This man was healed from AIDS. It was our very first trip. We had been called over there to look for people who, and pray for people who had AIDS. I, I don't have, God did amazing things that trip, and we saw so many people healed. And I don't have pictures of most of them, but this one was the bishop's brother who we were with, so I got, I got his picture. The next one. This man um, was, we met on our first trip to China, no, our second trip to China, and he was healed of a brain tumor as we were praying for him. Um, my partner had a vision of that tumor just melting down into nothing as we prayed. The following year when we returned, um, he, he traveled with us and shared his testimony of what God had done. This little boy is from, Malari uh, from Malawi, and we stayed with his family and the last night that we said we you know we want to pray for you and, and each member of your family and when and we'd seen Peter all week and he'd been functioning pretty well but it wasn't until he lifted up his pant leg that we saw that one of his legs was just spindly wasn't the we'd noticed a limp it wasn't the same length as the other legs well so we prayed for him and nothing seemed to be happening and we said to Peter, go ahead and go out and play if you want. The Lord will do um, this miracle for you. He said, no, I will stand and see the miracle of the Lord. Forty-five minutes later, his legs were the same length, and they looked one like the other. The flesh was the same plumpness as the other leg. It was Amen. incredible. So Peter has that for the rest Amen. of his life. This is a two-year-old little girl that had never stood. Um, I'm not positive whether it was a healing or whether it was a deliverance. And she's screaming in this picture because she had never stood. So she had never been on her own feet. She'd never, her mother had always been holding her or she'd been on the back. And so she was kind of petrified, but the mother was glorifying God. Um, this young man, we met three years before this picture, he was crawling around like a, a wild animal in, in the boma um, on the dirt floor. He, they were constantly trying to keep him out of the fire. Um, he was made sounds that sounded like a wounded animal, and the Lord healed him. Um, Becky prayed for him, and when she came back from lunch, he came running across the field. She wasn't even sure it was the same person standing up and saying, Becky, Becky. This is a woman in China from one of the underground churches, and she had asked for prayer for healing and for her hearing, and the Lord opened up her ears and she heard. It was a great joy. So these are overseas examples, but I think you need some Minnesota examples too. So we'll move on. This is Pamela. I talked to Pamela last night to ask her if I could share this and to check the testimony because I was looking at her video on, on our online healing school and she said she had received um, healing for migraine headaches and it had been three and a half years and she hadn't had a headache. So I called her and said, tell me about the situation with headaches, Pamela. And she said, well, it's been eight and a half years now and she's never had a headache. Amen. She said when... She remembers the situation a little bit differently than I do. I had had a word of knowledge that the Lord was going to heal people with headaches. It's, there were 18 in this healing school. And four people came up and got prayer for it, and she did not. 
And I said, it's the only time that the Lord has ever given me a number. And he had said five. So I knew there was someone that wasn't responding. And I didn't quite know how to handle it up at the podium. So I said, I think there's, there's another person who has headaches who needs prayer, and God will heal you. And um, then I got this severe pain in my, in my left breast, and I asked, I said, um, or there's somebody here who has a severe pain in their left breast. And while she had been sitting listening to the teaching, that had happened to her for the first time ever. And she had just put it aside and thought, I'll go to a doctor and see what that's about sometime. So she came forward recognizing that the Lord had called her specifically and received. She's since been healed of fibromyalgia. She's a powerful minister of the Lord. And this is Mary Beth. She went to our church. And the pastor lived near her and walked behind her into Target, and she could hardly get into the store. She was walking with pain in her legs, pain in her knees, pain in her hips. And um, she, he said to her, you need prayer for healing. Come to River of God. And so he brings her up to Bob and I and says, they need prayer and, and, and for more than healing. <laughs> okay? <laughs> so first of all, I, we prayed for her legs and her knees and her ankles and her feet and her hips, and I asked her how she would know that God had really worked a miracle, and she said, well, I can't do steps. So I said, well, let's go to a staircase. And so we went to a staircase, and her husband was with her, Mark, and he, I mean, he did not want her to take a step down that staircase because he was afraid she would fall because he knew that she hadn't been able to do stairs for a long time. And anyway, she did the stairs over and over, running up and down and praising the Lord. After that, she got a lot more teaching on healing, and she received an emotional healing that was just as powerful as the physical healing. She had a family that was quite dysfunctional. Every time she had to go home for a holiday, she would get nauseous. She would stomach problems, headaches. It would be a real trial to go. Now she goes. She has peace in the sense. The family is still dysfunctional. But she is a different person. She is a new creation, and she has peace and praise for them and um, is able to come and go with her family as she wishes. And so that was just a huge. Then on Friday, Bob and I were talking about this, and I, I said, you know, um, even that was a couple years ago. We should give a, a current miracle. And so he has the final testimony. One of the companies that we are um, intercessors for uh, we were at we were at their company to pray for the company, and um, they had all been praying already. And it turns out that the wife of one of their employees had had been diagnosed with a brain tumor, and um, it was it was cancerous. And they were really concerned about this. And so we just we and them bathed them, bathed her in prayer, and continued praying. Just last week, a week ago Friday, um, I was over there. And uh, she came in, and I looked at her, and I thought, Shelly, you look really good. And she said, yeah. She said, I just came from an MRI, and she said, there is absolutely no cancer, no tumor left. Everything, they did the surgery, there's nothing left. But she said, what's amazing is this, that, that all of her peripheral vision is perfect. And the doctor said, this can't be. He said, we have, we have never, ever done this surgery when people have regained their peripheral vision. And she had it all back. It was a true miracle. So who are we? 
Who are we as people of God? We are people of authority. We have been given authority over all the power of the enemy. We are people of faith, calling those things that are not as though they are, having the substance of what we hope for, having the evidence of what our eyes don't yet see. We're people of expectation, expecting a good God to do what he says he will do. We're people of testimony, having seen God. And even if we haven't gotten a a particular personal testimony, we see him in creation, Romans says. And that's enough to know that he is God and he is good. We are overcomers. We're not free of problems. We don't know it all about healing. I have made some incredible mistakes, and God has kindly seen me through them and helped me be an overcomer. We stand together as one body. If one of us is struggling and unable to overcome, then let all of us pray and see the Lord position you for overcoming. We have the power of the Holy Spirit in us, which is the same power in Ephesians that raised Christ from the dead. It's in us. We are those who hear and believe. When we pray for each other, we come from that place. Our God is the God who does miracles, and he does them through us for his glory. I want to add just a a word to make. When you you teach like this on, on an area of healing or signs and wonders, People assume that you mean this happens all the time, and if it doesn't happen for me, I'm doing something wrong. And I want to tell you that isn't the truth. Um, The truth is it could happen all the time, and I don't know why it doesn't. But there is no condemnation for those of us who are in Christ Jesus. There's no condemnation if you're the person praying, and there's no condemnation if you're the person receiving. Something is out of order that that God's going to keep working on. And it's not up to us to do anything about it. God is faithful. God is able to bring it to the light. And we, have, we can have no condemnation, no fear of not receiving. Paul wanted us to pray for each other in small groups. Uh, you know Paul's a big believer in all of us praying for each other. And... Um, I realize that sometimes you're in a small group and and those people in your small group don't have faith for healing or faith for miracles. Um, And so in addition to praying um, with each other, which I welcome you to do in groups of two or three, I asked some people, I asked Paul, who to call up that had amazing faith for healing. And he said to to call up Joe and to call up Andrew. So if you guys... Yeah, why don't you guys come up here? You can just come up here. And I had heard Kat's testimony, and I know she's an amazing woman of God, and she has faith for healing. So why don't you come up? And Al, I didn't get to talk to you, but I heard your testimony with your grandson. And if you would like to come up, I would love for you to pray for people as well. There are many of you also who have faith for healing that I don't know that are sitting there. And um, please feel free to pray. But I want you to think of a healing need that you have, whether that's physical, 
whether that's emotional, whether it's spiritual. Or a miracle that you need to see. And I, this is the time that we pray with each other as one body of Christ, expecting God to act. So why don't we um, turn to each other? Yeah. So turn to each other and pray with each other if you'd like. If any of you would like to come up and receive um, from any of these people, please do. Did you have something? He to has something he wants to share. Real quick, part of this whole God thing is obedience. Take a chance if, if you get in a group that nobody has that faith. Take obedience, step into it because these guys told you. I'm telling you. Take a chance, be obedient. You won't be disappointed. And don't be afraid to ask for healing more than once for the same thing. The first time I asked for healing for bleeding that was going on and I was getting good and sick of it, it took a year and a half for it to go away. But I kept praying, I kept standing, I kept believing. The second time, I was free for two years. Then it came back on me again and it took six months for it to go away. The third time, I was, it came back on me again after a year. I got, it went away in 45 minutes and it's never been back. So don't be afraid of what it, wherever you're at, God will meet you. We were ministering one time and releasing young people into ministry. And a group came to us and said, hey, somebody's got this really cloudy, cataracty kind of thing in their eye. Can we pray for her? Yes. And we said, no, 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 we got to get adults to do this. <laughs> we, we didn't. We said, no, we got to get really, really experienced people we did we said go pray for her. three or four teenagers boys and girls went you know they're 14 years old 15 five minutes later they're back to us and our our stance our goal was to not pray for these kids we're there to teach them and encourage them release them it's still there Amen. so we said go pray again Five, seven minutes later, a little bit longer, they prayed a little harder, came back, It was told us it was still there. Well, go pray again. And about ten minutes later, there was this incredible explosion of all cheering. kinds of cheering and excitement. And about mm. ten minutes after that, they finally came back to us and said, hey, she could see really good, and there's nothing there. We can tell it's gone. Amen. 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 Kat also has something to share. Yeah, I just want to encourage you that if you have someone that you know that needs prayer, it's not you. Um, and praise God if you are here and you don't have a physical need, but there's someone close to you that does. Um, allow us, as well as the people around you, to be able to pray for that person as well. Because when my dad was dying in the hospital, he wasn't praying for himself. It was Amen. corporately the other people praying. Uh, it was, you know, sneaking anointing oil onto him while he was asleep, unconscious, whatever. Um, and so stand in the gap as well and allow us to be able to uphold that person in prayer um, on your behalf as well. So do present that today um, if you don't personally have a need. Amen.